0: What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another edition of Green with Envy. Feels so good to be back. This is your boy Will Weir checking in. How you doing? How you living? Joining me as he does each and every time, my best friend, co-host, and the coach of our podcast, the one and only Greg Menakis who I appreciate for putting the team on his back due earlier in the week. Shout out to you, my guy. Yo, that was a,
1: a fun time doing the solo pod, but it was not as fun as getting to hang out with my best friend.
0: So I'm happy you're <laughs> back, man, And even though you're in unfamiliar digs there. Yeah, man, playing a road game tonight. So we are now approaching the century mark uh, as far as hours go without power in the weir household Damn. so yeah it's been rough out here for those of you obviously greg and i have said this many times we podcast from down here in austin texas try to make it back to boston when we can but you know obviously the bad weather hits hits boston typically especially in the winter time a lot more than it does here in austin and, you know, right now, uh, this is kind of the freeze junior. So a couple of years ago, uh, you know, we had to do kind of the reverse. Greg was lost without power for, I mean, caveman status during that storm for what, four or five days. Like that was not just no power, but everything was, was shut down. How long was it that you were actually kind of in that nomadic lifestyle? I think it was really just about 48 hours, but the issue was it snowed
1: and the entire yeah. city was covered in ice. So, like, you couldn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, this snow, I mean, we got, we actually got really lucky this time because I live by the airport now. So, I just have, I'm on the same power grid as people that, you know, everybody else in the airport. So, like, I didn't even experience any yeah. of the negative effects that a lot of people
0: have. So I'm just like feeling bad for everybody out there that Well that here's what's wild. Here's what's wild about this one, man. Is so, you know, with the last storm, it was all the grids went down like all over Texas. And that was the the big issue. With this storm, what it is is that the power lines were in different areas were affected by uh all these different trees and branches that that started mm-hmm. falling. Like my house just got killed. Like if you go outside my house right now, there's about a six foot tall batch of branches that are just sitting there waiting to be, to be picked up that had to be removed from my, from my backyard. So it's in this storm. It's actually, cause we're technically, I think on a, uh, on the Dell medical grid, I believe. So mm-hmm. I think what it is, is that it's like, what's making it hard to restore power is it's getting hit in all these isolated areas. And so it's like 20 houses in one area are affected cause power lines are down from some tree yep. or branch. And so now it's just, they don't have enough manpower to get to each area. So, uh, I think at this point we're down to about five or 6% of Austin doesn't have power. And your boy's part of one of the few, the proud. <laughs> well, shout true. out, shout out to yeah. Becca for uh, letting yeah. you guys stay there. So
1: at, le- at least, you're able to do this pod. I was a little bit worried I was going to have to do back to back solo. I know, pod. I
0: know, I know, but I know. C- I couldn't let you do that. Shout out to our homie Becca out here letting us crash like an Airbnb. But uh, you know, I was, I was really disappointed that I wasn't able to pod with you earlier in the week. So I wanted to make sure we get something up because honestly, Greg, this is one of my favorite times. In the NBA, it is NBA yep. trade deadline week, and it's it's chaos, it's drama, it's everything the NBA is. I know some people don't love, you know, the stuff that's just not on the court. I am not that guy. I am the one that loves all the juice, all the tea, everything that happens, and we've already got dominoes falling. So, from the time that you podcasted, in which the Boston Celtics laid the absolute smackdown on the Brooklyn Nets, 43 point just straight drubbing of the nets. That will now be the last time that Kyrie Irving ever wears a Brooklyn net uniform. That's pretty sweet, right? That's yeah, dude. dude, Like, we broke Kyrie. The Celtics (laughs) officially broke
1: Kyrie, dating back to, you know, Kyrie, obviously his tenure in Boston, but then the lucky stomp. You know, after the lucky stomp, I think everybody in the city was just like, is there any way that Kyrie could be more of a villain for this city? <laughs> and like, it was, it was very fitting. Cause although I kind of disagreed with the, the Kyrie sucks chance at the end of the game against the nets, like why even do that at, at that point? Like we clearly won the chess match, you know what I mean? Like Kyrie was done. And then at the, in the press conference, he says, you know, I'm not going to stop until I figure out what's going on in Boston. Like this methodology that the Boston Celtics have, I'm not going to stop until I crack it and then his you know his his um his way to crack the code was to say i don't want to be with the nets anymore
0: yeah less than 48 hours request a trade out and you know i was flying on friday and i landed and I had to text one of our group chats because, you know, we, we've talked about it before. I've been duped. I've, I've gotten got by some of these fake Shams accounts, Woj accounts. I was like, all right, I got to make sure this is real. Like, this seems like a parody right now that there's no way Kyrie is asking out after trying to take on this, you know, faux leadership role with the, with the Brooklyn Nets. And lo and behold, he did. And this time the Nets were just, they were just done with it. And so the first big domino of the week Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks for Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, first round unprotected pick in 2019, in two seconds. I was a little surprised how quickly this this got done, from the fact that you know Celtics and the Nets just played on on Wednesday, and there was not a you know there was no inkling of this. Although with Kyrie, you just never know, and that's something we've said all year about this Brooklyn team. Is yeah, man, things are looking pretty good right now, but give it a couple of weeks let's let's see what it looks like and so you know here we are now and so let's just start with what were your thoughts when it actually went down earlier earlier today as we're recording on a, on a late sunday night when that trade actually went down what were your initial thoughts
1: um i w- i guess i was surprised that that's all he went for i was
0: surprised that the lakers didn't try and beat that offer well, have you, have you seen some of those? So this may have come out while you were at dinner here, but there were okay. some reports of other trades that have come out that included the Lakers. Uh, I believe offering both of those picks, basically the same package you've been hearing the two picks and Russell Westbrook, maybe Austin Reeves would be in that, which, you know, whatever that does for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the really interesting one that they apparently turned out. So there was also the Clippers offer and the Suns offer. Clippers offer was basically Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, of maybe a first, the picks were a little bit unclear, And then the interesting one I think from the Suns, Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and then they got kind of held up on picks. Is where it sounded like that that deal fell apart, and that the Suns were offering a pick, and it looks like the Nets wanted three picks, which I think was probably a bit steep for a guy that you know it's that is incredibly unreliable in Kyrie Irving. But yeah, those were some of the deals that are in the mix, and ultimately they felt like this this Mavericks package is what gives them. Potentially the best chance as KD is, you know, within a week or two maybe of, uh, of returning to the court. So what do you think about that? Let's go there. What, what do you think about the Dorian Finney-Smith, Dinwiddie, and then you add in Kevin Durant coming back? How, how, does, how does that fit for the Nets? How does that feel to you? I think if
1: I think if it's great for them, honestly, I think they still probably need to get a true point guard on that roster. But in terms of the wing depth that they now have, just in terms of defending uh, the Jason Tatum's of the world because they can't stop Jason Tatum. uh, Royce O'Neal, great defender against Jason Tatum, gives him problems. Dorian Finney-Smith has given Tatum problems in the past. Um, and now they got Ben Simmons as well. Who knows if they're going to trade Ben Simmons, but those are three guys that you can throw at a Jason Tatum. You can throw at a Jalen Brown. And if you're looking, if you're the nets and you're looking at the Eastern conference, the Celtics are the team that you're scared of. And the team that you just can't seem to beat as Kyrie said in that, in that, uh, his final post game press conference. So, like, I think the trade actually might make them match up better with the Celtics because Kyrie didn't really scare me when he was the Nets. He was a liability on defense, and we had the guys to cover Kyrie Irving. Now they have Spencer Dinwiddie, who obviously isn't Kyrie, but has had some moments against mm-hmm. the Celtics where he's looked pretty good. And they now have the type of team that could give the Celtics some issues with the wing defenders that they have. So uh, ultimately, I think it actually might make them better against the Celtics, but in terms of their ceiling i don't think it makes them a championship contender
0: yeah it's really interesting because those were very similar to my thoughts as well we've talked before you know anytime we do a luca tatum matchup we inevitably start talking about the teams as a whole and dorian finney smith is always someone that stands out for his perimeter defense when it comes to those type of matchups so like you said you now have dorian finney smith you have royce o'neill you have potentially ben simmons kevin durant's a good defender in himself nick Claxton is someone that you know that has had a tremendous leap that is in the defensive player of the year discussion so you know i think this team and now of course this all depends on kd like does kd get upset and ask for a trade in the next couple of days I, i'd have no freaking clue this team is entire so hard to predict but you know typically durant the dude that it, you you kind of are banking on even if he's not happy, he's going to show up and he's going to play and he's going to play great because that's just what he has done year in and year out, even when he's unhappy in certain situations. And so I'm with you where I actually kind of like this move. I feel like they need one more consolidation move to go get, like you said, either a true ball handler, which I think they could get away with because, you know, Dinwiddie can handle the ball and you're going to run everything through Kevin Durant ultimately when it comes to, you know, times that matter. Uh, But I think if they go get maybe another big, maybe take that Joe Harris or Seth Curry and turn that into maybe one more big, like, I I think that's a pretty interesting move for the Nets who, you know, it's funny, like right now, they're still in the mix with all of these other teams here in the Eastern Conference, which is starting to really kind of shake out the way we thought it would play. Like, they're in fourth place. I mean, when you look at the stand things it's the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, which if you go back to the beginning of the season, those are pretty much the three teams everyone identified. This is where the Eastern Conference goes through is these three teams. Mm-hmm. Then you have the Nets which are always a wild card and they've been they they've, they've been as advertised. They've been a wild card. They're in that fourth seed and then you have the Cavs and Heat and those were kind of the six teams that we always looked at as, hey, this is the six true teams that we think are going to be in the playoffs and then the play-in mix is is kind of what it is and you know minus the Raptors not being there are also kind of the suspects from the beginning of the season that you would think. So it's a really interesting position for this Nets team to be in. And, you know, depending on when KD comes back, it's it's just so weird because they were actually holding the fort relatively steady. It seemed like, hey, let's just get KD back in a week and, you know, we're going to be in a good spot. And, you know, it, things change so quickly in this league that it's hard to sometimes wrap your head around it all.
1: Yeah. when you think about the, if you're comparing the trade packages, right, I think if the Nets goal is to beat the Celtics, I think they probably took the best package in order to meet that goal to get over a matchup with the Celtics. But in terms of like what may make them a finals team, like, getting Chris Paul to go with Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant has to do too much yeah. like they ask him to do everything and like his turnovers are ridiculously high this season and he just doesn't look really really comfortable being like a heliocentric player he's always been a guy that kind of just like works really well within whatever system he he's put within you know what I mean and I think if you put Chris Paul with Kevin Durant it would make Kevin Durant's life a lot easier obviously I you know my thoughts on Chris Paul I think he's a little bit over the hill he looked great against the Celtics the other night and I think he's had a little bit of a resurgence here of late but I think that actually probably would have made them a better overall team and if you're adding Jay Crowder to that that's also a wing defender that you're Mm -hmm. you're getting there so I'm surprised that the Nets didn't take that deal I would probably honestly be more scared of that team than I am of the team that they currently have
0: Yeah, because that solves one of the problems that you just said, they still kind of need another ball handler to take some of that off of Kevin Durant. And now you're still probably looking for another big, but you're in the same position you would have been. So uh, I am a little surprised as well, hearing that report that they got so hung up on the picks. Um, But you know, depending on what Phoenix was offering, I don't know. It's it's a tough position, especially, and this is what Kyrie does to your franchise. So good mm-hmm. luck to Luca. Welcome to Texas, Kyrie. <laughs> like I, it seems like a, on the for the maps, I won't spend too much time there. It seems a bit of a desperation move on their part. Obviously, there's a ceiling to it that could be really great, but you know, a lot of teams have have thought that with Kyrie Irving, and typically. They leave pretty disappointed.
1: Okay, you just said there's a ceiling to it that might be kind of great. Do you honestly think the Mavs are going to come close to sniffing
0: the finals? I mean, here's the thing: like, I think with Luca, they always have like Luca's that great that I think they have a chance. Their defense is is incredibly suspect now, especially when you remove somebody like Dorian Finney-Smith from the equation with what they with what they have remaining. And so when you have Luca, I think you, I mean the West is so close; every single team is flawed. So I think if they catch a break, like. If you have Luca and Kyrie plays the whole contract year scenario out, which is a giant if, I would be surprised, but I can't. I, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. I'm ruling it out. They are okay. not making the finals. There's That's zero
1: okay. chance the Mavs make the finals this year. Like incorporating Kyrie Irving in, onto that team at this point in the year with all the baggage that he has. Luke is going to have to play a completely different style of basketball with Kyrie on the court it might make his life easier in certain situations, but the, the biggest point here is that they're not going to be able to play in defense. They're not going to be able to guard anybody. They couldn't <laughs> guard anybody in the first place. It's going to make them, you know, maybe a little bit more interesting of a watch because yeah. watching the Mavs isn't like the funnest watch. It's just like Luca tr- making every single decision for 48 minutes. So now it's just going to be Luca. <laughs> now It's Luca and Kyrie exactly doing it. the same thing. <laughs> like it, it, At least there's like another guy who can do stuff yeah. on the court, but the Mavs aren't winning a, a title. It makes them better for sure. I don't think they were going to win a title regardless. So I think getting Luca help at, at least shows Luca you're trying to do something. And yeah. right now, what you want to do is just make Luca happy. And I think this makes Luca happy.
0: I think you're probably right. So that's that's more than likely the destiny of that Dallas Mavericks team. It's a hell of an offseason for them coming up. But with that, let's let's actually transition to a couple Celtics rumors that we've had out there in the past couple of days. Uh, let's start with a potential return of. Kelly Olynyk to Boston. This was reported by Chris Forsberg. That there is some mutual interest between the Jazz and the Celtics in looking at a deal. Kelly Olynyk's salary is a bit high, so it would be uh, a little bit tougher of a deal to make, but Greg, just give me some thoughts on what you think about Kelly Olynyk returning to the Celtics potentially. I'll give you those thoughts right after this break.
1: So, with Kelly O coming back to Boston will, I'm actually for that depending on what the the package is i think it's like peyton peyton pritchard and gallinari would it have to be or just Peyton Pritchard? so
0: well i mean salary wise it would have to be pritchard gallinari and probably uh justin jackson or blake griffin type okay. just to to get the salary to work you know but and this is actually going to lead into the second rumor that's that's kind of just flying around this uh, this evening which came out from a report of brian robb who i believe was ag- aggregating um something kevin o'connor had said that teams are at least calling about the interest of grant williams and we've heard the miami heat connected to grant williams earlier in the season no idea what that smoke was like although that did pop up again this evening and so maybe that could be something that it's it's grant and gallinari for kelly Olynyk. so but it's some it's some you know gallinari basically has to be in there and then is it grant is it peyton plus justin jackson but it's something along those lines that that would take to get kelly Olynyk to boston
1: I, I mean, Kelly O is a, a good player, man. I, I've always thought he was a little bit underrated. There was that one piece that was written on Bleacher Report in like 2016 or 2017 that said the Boston Celtics are hoping Kelly Olynyk would be their Dirk Nowitzki. Like that was <laughs> never, ever going to happen. But Kelly O did have his big moment where, you know, he he beat the, the wizards in game seven, that big Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. We know that he can do it in a big moment. He's continued to like, get a, a, really good reputation around the league of being just a guy that you want in your rotation because he's serviceable. He can stretch the floor as the game has progressed more towards stretch bigs. Olenek has just kind of like moved into um, the the, the kind of prototype of what you want one of your bigs to be in your rotation, right? He moves his feet well on defense. He's not going to block shots at the rim, but he's a little bit switchable. He's a good defender. He takes charges. So I think Kelly O, you know, he's, we're not asking him to guard LeBron James in isolation anymore that is not what Kelly O has to do which he had to do a couple times for the Celtics and that just was never going to work out Kelly Olenek in this situation I think is perfect um coming to Boston I don't know that I would want to give up Grant to get him but if it was Peyton Pritchard and Gallinari sign me up
0: yeah so I think that's where the conversation for me goes as well and this is going to lead into just the idea of 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 Grant potentially being available on the market and a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's a restricted free agent at the end of the season but for me yeah if it comes down to Grant Williams being in this package I think I prefer the versatility that Grant's going to give you than to what Kelly can Kelly is going to be a luxury on the team a very very nice luxury like a Mercedes-Benz automobile luxury to have when you're looking at the different front court options that that could be available really reliable Honda CRV Okay, let's get a little bit more. Well, we're talking about from like third string backup centers. Like, if you were to look around the league, like Kelly would be at the top end of that.
1: For sure. Yeah. I just, I just don't want to call him a luxury vehicle. Okay.
0: That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Maybe, maybe I'm taking it too far. You got to compartmentalize here the the picture of what we're talking about. But, you know, when it comes to Grant, I I feel like I've felt this way since the offseason when they didn't come to a contract extension that nine times out of 10. I understand looking to move Grant. You don't want to, you know, everyone hates losing something for nothing, right? Like that's, you know, losing that talent. But I think with Grant Williams, I honestly think the Celtics are better served that if for some reason it doesn't work out in the offseason, I don't think you're going to get anything better that helps you make a championship run right now by moving him and i think that risk to reward is is worth it that i wouldn't trade him just because i think i might lose him for nothing in the offseason because i don't think you're going to find anyone in the market that comes back in a grant williams trade that's going to help you more than grant williams will and that's kind of how i feel with the kelly O'Linic trade like to your point if it's pritchard and gallinari and justin jackson let's probably sign up and do it. Like I, I, as much as I like having Pritchard there for those, you know, backup minutes in case there's something with Brogdon, white or smart, ultimately you're going to play those three guys over Pritchard almost every game in the playoffs. So having Kelly Olynyk is going to be more valuable, but with grant, I think he just gives too much versatility. We just talked about when we play the nets, when we play the bucks, you're going to need grant Williams and not Kelly Olynyk more in those series. When you're going up against Giannis going up against Kevin Durant or any other wings that you may come across, you're going to need grant Williams. So I, I think for me, that's the line in the sand is if we're talking non grant Williams package, Let's keep the convo flowing with Danny age mm-hmm. If it's Grant Williams, I probably got to cut it off. But, you know, is there any other is there is there any move for Grant Williams that you would be like, OK, I have to at least entertain this or, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough with his salary to find something that might work. But is there anything out there that you've thought of that are like, OK, this might make sense to move off of Grant?
1: just because we talked about it the other day um the Jeremy Grant idea the salary like like you said the salary it's probably impossible to make yeah. work I, you might have to even give up like a Derek white in a deal like that um I so I don't think that could really work but I think Jeremy grant if if it came down to it paying Grant Williams 18 million at the end of the year whatever the number is or Jeremy grant getting 25 over you know for for three years i would probably want jeremy grant who's still only 28 years old. i mean i I don't
0: even think that's a debate yeah so like love grant but
1: yeah so like if there's a way that we could do that i i don't know that that's out there but that you asked the question was are, are there any ideas floating out there that you've thought about and that's the one that i kind of have my eye on it's like a dark horse like is there mm-hmm. some weird way that we could get jeremy grant on this team cuz i do think that he would actually really really help this squad and take us to another level um with grant i think that you know the ceiling on this team is what it is with jeremy grant i think that you know maybe um there's a a game that goes 7 In the Eastern Conference, that only goes six or maybe it goes five because Mm -hmm. we have that extra weapon um, both on the offensive end and on the defensive end because I think Jeremy Grant – will take a lot off of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in terms of guarding elite wings.
0: Yeah, that's that's some deep versatility with Grant because he can play up and play at that wing position, which we've talked about multiple times being an area that we'd like to see the Celtics try to make a, a move on the fringes. Now, obviously, this wouldn't be a move on the fringes because this would cost you, like you said, likely you'd have to put Derek White in that. So. Would you do that? Like, let's just say in a vacuum, if this is, I, and you know, I don't even have the trade machine pulled up here, but it's going to be roughly a, about this. But mm-hmm. you know, let's say it's Derek White, Grant Williams. Let's just say it's that. Not, not, we'll throw picks away to the side for now. It's just, it's just those two for Jeremy Grant. Would you do it knowing he's also a free agent, just like Grant is coming in the next year?
1: That's probably the one thing that worries me, but if it's like Jeremy, if we definitely get Jeremy Grant to re-sign and we Mm -hmm. have him for the next three years to go along with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like, yeah, I think, I think that team is better than what we have with Grant Williams and Derek White. Like, I love Derek White. I think he's awesome. I, I don't want to trade Derek White, but you know, we saw what happened in the in the playoffs last year he had some big moments but he also had some games where he couldn't really play and I think we've seen that also this year where Joe doesn't want to play him in certain games because we have a Malcolm Brogdon we have a Marcus Smart we have a Jalen Brown all who kind of live in that same space as, as him Jeremy Grant does not live in the same space right he's going to be on the court he's he's probably going to be in your starting five and finishing five because he's a really good player man yeah. Jeremy Grant is really good so I I would love to see it the athleticism with him and Rob in the front court would be crazy him Rob Tatum um Jalen and Marcus that's a heck of a five yeah. uh, but you know who knows I, I I I would do it I think gun to my head I would do it but I wouldn't feel good about it just because I like
0: Grant Williams and I like Derek White yeah, that's a big swing that you know. I don't anticipate something like that happening this week. But then again, you know, Brad Stevens moves in the shadows from what we've seen in the first couple of years. We never saw the Derek White trade coming, never mm-hmm. saw the Malcolm Brogdon move. So if you hear whispers, likely it's not it's not the Brad Stevens regime. This isn't Danny Ainge who loves leaking and playing through the media. You know, Brad Stevens is, is operating behind those behind those steel sheets where we don't know what's happening. So, you know, I, I would be very surprised if a move that large happened, but you know. Brad doesn't really we've seen Brad willing to throw picks around so if there's picks to get stuff like that done maybe he'll do it maybe he won't I don't know it's gonna be a fun week though I'm excited for it hopefully we'll be doing a a few more things this week leading up to the trade deadline um, which is going to be on Thursday February 9th. And so with that, Greg, let's take a quick look here at the week ahead for the Celtics. So this week right now, as we're recording on Sunday night, they are going to be at Detroit on the 6th of Monday night. Wednesday, they have a big showdown against the Philadelphia 76ers who have been streaking. They did lose to the Knicks tonight, but they are still 8-2 and in their last 10 uh, and actually have moved themselves into third place two, just two and a half games back of the Celtics. So definitely within striking distance of coming for that number one seed, and then they round out on friday night at home against the charlotte hornets so you know i think obviously that that philadelphia matchup really stands out and, and that's the night before the trade deadline so you know not to be reactive or say anything this week is, it should and nothing that happens this week should shift the views of what the celtics are attempting to accomplish uh but you know other than the trade deadline this week greg what are you what are you looking for from the celtics who are trying to bounce back from a pretty a pretty weird loss to the suns the other night yeah
1: i i I think I I expect a three in a week. The Pistons don't have anything for us. Um, if Rob is playing in the Hornets game and you know, we, we have our full complement of players. I think we take care of business against the Hornets. They, they have been getting healthy, but that's also after the trade deadline for them. And I would imagine that they're going to trade some people. So like who knows what we're going to see could, out that of the be Hornets. a G
0: league game for them where they, maybe they don't have enough players if they've traded off the Terry Rogers and the Gordon Hayward's and Mason Plumleys of the world. Exactly.
1: So I think we win both of those games, right? I think the Pistons game we win just because the Pistons aren't very good. The Hornets game, they're not going to have much of a roster and they're not very good anyway. And then the Sixers game, I think that's one of those games that the Celtics are going to really get up for, and they're going to play like it's a, you know, a championship game. And when you look at what the the narrative is around the Sixers, they're coming for the Celtics right now. James Harden just got snubbed for being an all-star. Joel Embiid is the MVP of the league. All this stuff that you see out there. Tobias Harris resurgence. You know, all these things <laughs> that people are talking about. I just don't buy it. I'm not going to believe in the Sixers until I actually see it happen, until I see them get to the Eastern Conference Finals at least. So I don't believe in the Sixers. I think the Celtics
0: go 3-0. And, um, yeah, that's how I'm feeling. How about you? I mean, it does feel like a like a week where the Celtics do have a, a real chance to go 3-0. and You know, the one hiccup, and Jalen Brown kind of talked about this after the, the Phoenix game, is they've got to find a way just to get themselves up for each and every game, not just select moments. And, you know, Philly feels like a game they're definitely going to get up for. And so then it becomes to the Detroit and Charlotte games, which shouldn't be an issue but then it becomes detroit are you overlooking to that philadelphia game or are you prepping yourself for that bounce back same with charlotte because then they do have uh some nice matchups the following week against memphis and milwaukee but you know i think that philly matchup is you know so i'm with you detroit and charlotte they should be wins i'm gonna say that they're gonna get those two wins and then it comes down to that philly game and philly going into the season i thought was going to be a really good regular season team in fact i even put a bet down that they would end up with first place in the Atlantic division Celtics and second place in the Atlantic division, you know, I mean, they could still be the one, two seeds, but you know, that Philly was going to have such a good regular season. And, you know, part of it, at least when it comes to, when it comes to the playoffs, I'm skeptical as always, cause they have James Harden, <laughs> they have James Harden mm-hmm. is Joel Embiid going to stay healthy. That's a massive question, you know, but one of the turning points for them was actually, you know, Maxie and Harden being hurt and allowing them to put Melton, into the starting lineup. And so now they have a little bit more balance with Maxi coming off the bench, who I think is probably going to be a top-tier contender if he stays on the bench to Malcolm Brogdon's pursuit of being the sixth man of the year. And so I think with that, I it does make me like Philly um, you know, a little bit more. But I'm with you. I, I can't believe in them as you know, they, they just have to do it. At this point, they have so many guys, including Doc Rivers, who has the reputation of blowing three to one, three and one leads, you know, across several teams in his NBA coaching career. They just got to do it before you really buy in. But as far as this week goes, I am really interested to see what this looks like, especially where we're going to get a look at Milwaukee in the following week. I think this is going to be a real good look at, you know, two, the, the two biggest tests in the Eastern Conference for the Celtics, both playing very good basketball right now. How do the Celtics get up for this game? How do they prep for this game? And this is going to be the first time that we really have Rob Williams back, a, a true version of Rob Williams, you know, back in this in this game. And so how does that work with trying to corral Joel Embiid? And so I think I'm really excited for that game. They've been playing well, but I, I'm with you. I think I would lean 3-0, and but obviously that's the game where I could see it being a bit of a toss-up. But I do expect the Celtics to be ready for that game. And, and who knows? Maybe there's some new guys in green by that time. It's the night before the trade deadline, so that's going to be exciting. Stay tuned to us across all of our social medias at Green Envy Pod. Uh, We will keep you all up to date with any breaking news that happens. So if there is a big trade, maybe there's an emergency podcast edition. Who knows? That's the beauty of Trade Deadline Week is that we never know what's going to happen. With that, Greg, we're going to keep this show a little bit quicker because, as you mentioned, I'm on a road game here. And so I'm actually keeping my lovely girlfriend from the bedroom right now so that she can't go to bed uh, because that's where I'm podcasting from. So we're going to make this a little bit quicker here. So we are going to wrap this up tonight with our vibe check of the week. So, Greg, let's go ahead and cue that up. All right, Greg, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go first here because I've uh I've had a very interesting week, but I'm I, I, and honestly I I feel like I could be negative in this space, but I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to build some momentum here and let's keep it positive. Obviously, I'm pretty excited here that it's this trade deadline week. I mentioned before one of my favorite NBA weeks of the season, but I'm gonna take it away from the NBA. And I didn't expect to do this, but as we were waiting to podcast and I was watching the Grammys. I don't always watch a lot of the awards. Every once in a while, I'll pop in for a few minutes here or there. Tonight, basically the entire night was a uh, tribute to hip-hop. So it was the 50-year anniversary of of hip hop, and so they actually had a 14 minute performance going through the history of hip hop with I think 33 different artists that range from LL Cool J, Run DMC, DJ Jazzy Jeff. Um, they had Nelly on there for a little bit, Miss nice. Elliott, Queen Latifah, uh, Busta Rhymes was out there, Public Enemy. Um, definitely, I know you were out at dinner. I definitely recommend you going back and watching it. It All was right. it was really cool. The funniest part though was at the end they tried to incorporate a few newer artists i feel like they left out a certain john a certain era of, of hip-hop within this performance but they tried to add in i believe it was little baby little uzi vert in a in a woman who i wasn't sure who it was and you could tell the crowd completely lost them <laughs> as soon as they brought out the newer generation of, of of hip-hop it didn't quite hit but up until that point unbelievable performance unbelievable show um you know for for usual like i feel like awards award type shows it's not usually that great of performances they're hyped up and they're not great this one was really really freaking cool definitely recommend you go check it out when you get a chance greg
1: where where did it compare to the like dr dre was it the super bowl performance a couple of years ago
0: yeah yeah we had like uh snoop dog and eminem and whatever yeah. else um Honestly I think this was a little bit cooler just cuz it had so many. like it kept it kept going it was almost like a like in a family guy episode when you think the jokes about to end and it's like oh no there's more it, it, they just kept adding on layers and layers to it and you're like man how long is this going to go on for and I think I saw something on Twitter where apparently it was supposed to be maybe 23 minutes and they cut it to 14 cuz LL Cool J who introduced the whole thing did kind of make a statement like hey we wanted to get everyone from the 50 years of hip hop involved but we couldn't and so it was kind of a weird thing to say before they got started. So if that was true, maybe, maybe it would have been even cooler if they had a few more artists they could have snuck in there. Uh, felt like the you know some of the mid-2000s was kind of left out, mid-2000s to the mid-2015, you know, 2015, 2016 era was kind of left out. Uh, so maybe that was what got cut. Um, but I, I think it was actually better than the Super Bowl just because of the, the, um, the volume that they had in there, and it was a pretty, pretty high hit rate.
1: That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. I, I love those, those performances where they bring in a bunch of different artists. Um, That sounds fun. But for me, my vibe check, I have two things here, Will, because I'm the one more thing king. You know, that's what I do. Gotta do what you so, gotta do. First thing, just real quick. We talked about it at the very beginning, peanut butter sandwiches, just like the idea of a peanut butter sandwich with milk. I was told a few years ago that I'm allergic to peanut butter. I don't really buy it um that i'm allergic to peanut butter i've decided for a couple years i just said okay i'm allergic to peanut butter i'm not going to eat it but then recently i was like you know what i ate peanut butter my whole life just because some doctor told me that i'm allergic to peanut butter doesn't mean that like i can't eat it so i decided recently i'm back into eating peanut butter sandwiches i ate a peanut butter sandwich before we hopped on here tonight (laughs) that's just how i'm feeling secondly
0: peanut butter sandwiches are great i i can't i although didn't they make you break out in hives wasn't that kind of the the issue
1: Th- they were trying to figure out <laughs> what was making me break out in hives and they did like an allergy test and they told me yeah. i was allergic to peanut butter and i was like yo i've been eating peanut butter my entire life i don't think this is the yeah. thing that's making me break out in hives and i i don't know what it was i don't break out in hives anymore maybe like it's well you can I'm- be
0: a very low level of allergic like like my girlfriend she's allergic to eggs technically like yeah. still eats eggs just doesn't like just hey like don't eat them every day or don't eat like a six egg omelet or something you know what i mean like for sure like so uh, so it's probably something to that effect so i think you're fine but glad to hear you're back in the peanut butter game buddy
1: yeah man i'm, I'm back with the peanut butter and then secondly just like reconnecting with um old teammates so i went out and, and met up with chidozi Ibiabuchi, uh, my guy dozi who works for uh, major league soccer he does like um, I, I think he's called like a, a player, like dev, player outreach development coordinator or something like that. But basically he gives presentations to, um, professional soccer players, teaching them how to kind of like develop well-rounded human character habits. Um, so should for does, it was just great connecting with him. I hadn't seen him he's in about nine years. Senior director of
0: player engagement. Sorry. There we go. Okay, senior director guys, of player like, engagement.
1: And just like having that bond with former teammates and I hadn't seen him in about nine years. Um, So getting to see Chidozi tonight was awesome. Just like, skipping the small talk and getting into the big conversations about like, man, we haven't seen each other in nine years. Like, let's talk about all the lessons that we've learned about life in these nine years. Like, oh, shoot, like you're getting married in a couple of weeks. Like, that's something that's like in my future at some point. Like, let's talk about these things. Um, We talked about, you know, we talked about therapy. We talked about relationships. We talked about um, coaching styles, coaching philosophies. You know, we just like went into all these different avenues that I like having conversations like that but when you are able to have those conversations with someone that you shared a, an experience with on a team I think it's really cool to be able to look back on those moments without like living in the past but more mm-hmm. just like accessing the the relationships of the past to learn something new in the present.
0: I think that's pretty cool because I you know when you reconnect with someone that you were so close with at one point in your life those conversations can kind of come pretty naturally and honestly sometimes they work a little bit better than sometimes having that with people that are still maybe you're really close to the river still present in your life on a more consistent basis because it's hard to have like hey every day or every time you see them hey man i really want to have this like deep talk and let's get into these where sometimes it's like nah, i just want to shoot the shit a little bit like take mm-hmm. it, you know whereas like when you have you know an isolated moment to You know three four hours whatever the time frame might be of hey this person used to be you know really important in my life and we've still kept tabs from afar but it's like we don't have time for the hey let's just kick it it's like we need to just reconnect and we need to do so on a on a deeper level. I mm-hmm. think that actually works. I've had that happen a few times as well, just with like different people throughout life that I've had a chance to be like, Hey, let's let's grab a drink real quick or let's grab some dinner real quick. And it's like, man, I remember why I really liked that guy or that person. Like that was a really, really cool time. And it was it, it was just more meaningful than some of the platonic service level conversations that you may have with somebody that you're not that connected to. So I feel mm-hmm. you on that. And I'm glad that you guys got to got to have that moment. So shout out to our guy dozy yeah man but that's all i got for you all right well that's gonna do it for this episode like we said we're gonna keep it quick i'm playing on borrow time here i'm playing on the road right now i'm hoping hoping and praying that by the time i wake up tomorrow morning and i saw a text message come through as we're recording that it looks like austin energy is not playing ball with my request <laughs> so i i don't know what's gonna happen by the morning time but i'm hoping by the morning time, I can be back to uh, back to my crib. I haven't been at my dude. This is the other thing. I've been at my bed in two weeks. I am dying to sleep in my own bed, man. And it is so weird being in the city I live in, but not, but I haven't, but since I've landed Friday afternoon, you know, other than grabbing stuff from my house, haven't really spent time at my house. And when you're away for a certain amount of time, there's nothing more you want than just your things and your surroundings. And I'm dying for it, my guy, I'm dying for it. So, Hopefully, I'll be back on Monday at some point. And for the rest of the week, stay tuned because Greg and I are going to keep you all posted. It's trade deadline week. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows when we'll need to bust out an emergency podcast? But that's going to do it for this edition of Green with Envy. Make sure you're following us once again across all of our socials at Green Envy Pod, Instagram, Twitter youtube this is streaming right now on youtube if you're listening to us here on the podcast go check it out on youtube subscribe to our page we are going to be doing more and more content there as we sort out the transition coming up here in a few weeks but for tonight that's it greg any other final thoughts and then let us know what we're going to hear on the way out y'all on the drill black sheep optimist skywalking peace everybody Deuces.
1: We it that i never seen the stars in your eyes A glimpse of what I'm missing thinking it's a mirage Ooh, you got me tripping and it's hard to describe But I stick for a minute cause I'm digging the vibe I like the way you're looking at the look in my eyes Don't be casual feelings when it's only a vibe Don't know what the deal is, I'm a typical guy You know the one thing different is the state of your mind I'm like, oh my, my, someone throw me a rope I'm getting too damn high, didn't know I could float You could call it a vibe, it's probably all that you wrote But I'd be doing this shit Folly if I didn't have hope you know that would we'll go with the flow I can sing a different song If I cannot hit the notes You had me taking off When you took off your clothes It should be coming down by now But I won't let